Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcasts. And you can subscribe to us on YouTube at Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. It would be much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington Commanders, Graham Weinstein, as we discuss Washington's first round pick, Jahan Dotson, whom they selected with the 16th overall choice in the first round. You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW, and you can read my analysis of the pick on ESPN.com, and I'll have analysis of every pick throughout the draft. Before I play my conversation with Bram, a couple thoughts. I knew they always liked Dotson. I know this was a surprise um, pick, but I'd heard his name whenever I discussed receivers with them, and there were a few times I mentioned that if they traded back, he would be a target. But I thought 16 was going to be high for him. I thought if they traded in the 20s, that he would be the target. When they traded back and they're at 16 and they and he was on there, I thought, I think they're going to take him there. Um, but in looking at the other names available, I'm not sure who I would have taken instead. I like Zion Johnson. Wasn't sure how much they liked him. I knew they liked him more. I knew they liked Dotson more than Traylon Burks. So that wasn't the option. I felt like they I felt like they felt there was a gap there. So it wasn't like it was close. I felt like they felt like that there were four receivers in the first round they really liked. Dotson was the fourth. I know they liked Tulsa's Tyler Smith at tackle. They had hoped he'd be there around at 47. Instead, he went late in the first round. I know they had other targets in rounds two and four they liked. So trading back out of 11 and adding more picks is a big win. They added another pick in the third and another pick in the fourth. So they have a pick in the second, one in the third, and two in the fourth. That is excellent. And to me, that classifies again as a big win. I like what Dotson can do. And I like that he was a one-man receiving show at Penn State. As an Ohio State fan, he was the one that you always worried about. I like that he can make contested catches and they had to work at Penn State, work hard at Penn State because he didn't have a lot of help around him. It's something that Ron Revere brought up, brought up as well, but it's true. You look at the quarterback play there, it wasn't great. Didn't have a lot of other receivers. Didn't have enough, didn't have enough, a lot around him like some other guys did. There's still questions about this receiving group, though. Dotson, obviously unproven, as is any rookie, and there's going to be questions about his strength until he goes out there and shows it. Curtis Samuel, coming off an injury, though we know that they really, really like him. Deami Brown, a lot to prove. Obviously, Terry McLaurin is the one we know what he'll do. But Watson does, where, excuse me, what, what Watson does help them with is versatility. Each of those receivers can line up anywhere and run routes. Dotson can line up inside or outside. Samuel can do the same, plus run routes out of the backfield. McLaurin has run routes from all over as well. That will help open up the playbook if this all goes well. And you've heard that before, which it too often has not. But the ability to also run four receiver sets is big for them. I know it's something they wanted to, to do. It's not something they felt they could do with much efficiency last season. But the potential will be there for that 
in 2022. You can pair the speed with a big body tight end in Logan Thomas. Put Samuel in the backfield with that group. Again, I know you heard a lot about such possibilities last year. You got tired of hearing about it. I got tired of talking about it, especially when it looked like, especially when it didn't pan out. You will hear about them again. They have to produce this time. I wasn't surprised that they passed on Kyle Hamilton. I like him. I know they want to fill that Buffalo nickel role, but I also know there are others they feel can play there in this draft. It could be Penn State's Jaquan Brisker. It could be Montana State linebacker Troy Anderson. There are, others they, there are other linebackers they like as well for that role, other safeties. It doesn't have to be a safety. It can be a linebacker who fills it, which is why I mentioned Anderson, and I've done it before. Again, take the clues from Rivera. He has said in Carolina, they used a linebacker at times in that Buffalo nickel role. They happened to use a safety last year in Landon Collins. It just has to be somebody who has the versatility to play multiple spots within that, within that um, package. I also thought it was interesting that general manager Martin Mayhew said they had three offers to trade back one more time when they were at 16, but they decided not to risk losing a receiver that they liked. Again, he was one of four they liked in the first round. I know some will say Dotson went too high. In fact, he said he thought he'd go late first or maybe early second. I thought, he, again, he'd go around 20, but we also heard with this draft that the boards could differ wildly. Was he picked too high? Maybe, but we'll see what he does on the field this fall, and then we'll have the answer. That's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein, as we discuss Jahan Dotson, Washington's first-round pick. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Bram, a little bit of a surprise here tonight with Jahan Dodson at the 16th pick after they traded back your initial reaction. I'm not surprised they traded back. Um, I think that that was kind of a goal. They had, you know, they weren't really, I think there were so many directions they could have gone right. that, you know, the smoke screens that were put up were just kind of naturally and organically there. So when they did talk about what they were going to do, um, you know, I, I felt like they were being honest. They were going to wait and see how the board fell and then they'd make a decision. Um, I thought it was ironic that at 11 was they traded out and Chris Olave was picked. Yeah. Who Gotta was the replaced. guy who like that started the first, if they do take a receiver, they really like this guy. Cause there's pictures of Ron Rivera practically hugging him at the Ohio state pro day. And he really likes him. And so I thought that was really ironic that they traded out and that's the exact person who was taken. Yeah. And um, I just think, you know, in general, this wasn't a name that was prominently circulated on mock draft boards or all that stuff or earmarked for them. So I think it was a little bit of a surprise for sure. And as I told you before, you got on here, his was a name I always heard throughout this process that there were four receivers they liked in the first round. He was the fourth one. So when they traded back, I knew I figured this is the guy they're going to go after. I still am surprised, though, at 16. And even he said he was surprised 
to go at 16. So do you like, let's, we'll talk about like, well, first of all, do you like the value of picking him there? I do like that they got more assets back. Like I felt like it was logical for them to move back. I think it, it what it reads now is if Drake London was there, I think they would have taken him. Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And, and because he wasn't, you know, at that point, because obviously we were wrong about Alave, they could have just taken him. Obviously we were wrong about Jameson Williams. They could have just taken him and they didn't do that. So um, it, it does appear now they'd have to tell us this, that if Drake London was there at 11, they would have been happy. They would have been happy to stay and they would have taken him. And because he wasn't and was selected, they now had a decision to make. Um, but they've been kind of earmarking offense and repetitively saying that they wanted to get playmakers for Carson Wentz and build up his confidence and show him that they're committed to putting, you know, explosive players on the field. And this is the guy that they targeted. Um, I did find it interesting that they said we could have traded back again. Now they weren't specific about that because to your point, it does feel like they probably could have gotten him a little bit later would have been risky because I'm all for you take the guy you want when he's available to you. And that's what they did. And I don't, you know, I don't fault them for that, but you'd have, I'd have to hear out how far more back were they going to go? How many more assets were they going to get? Was this trading out of the first round? Cause if it was, then they wouldn't have gotten this or been risk not getting this guy. And if it's just a, if they were only going to go back a few more spots again, then they can hold their breath and see if they got them anyway. Right. And I think, I think it's, it's hard because like in this draft, I mean, even Dotson said he thought he'd go probably later in the first, maybe in the second, this is what he said. So yeah, you know, and so, but I do think like Team C saw these guys very differently. I know there were some, there were some coaches who did not like Olave and Wilson because they didn't feel like they were physical enough for them. Those same coaches really liked Dotson, but they, you know, I, there was one team that considered him like the best of the second tier of the receivers, right? And there were other some receivers, some who really like Williams, but that knee was a big issue. And I, I kind of credit Detroit for taking him because they're the kind of team that can. They they have time in their rebuild if they want to wait for a guy. Um, and he could really pay off for them. But London was the guy that they really, I think, would have really stayed there for. But I was surprised with Olave that I knew first of all, I know they liked him, but clearly they felt like there wasn't a big gap between he and Dotson. Because they wouldn't have traded, I don't think. Yeah. But, you know, so I do like that they got the extra picks. As we've talked before, I think this is, we talked to the, you know earlier in the day, that one of the top things that you would like to have seen was adding more picks in this draft. And yeah. so that's where I would say, like, what's the best part of this deal? The fact that they get Dotson or the fact that they got more picks? Well, we'll have to see with Dotson, obviously. Like, you know, like <laughs> he needs to play like a first round pick. So hopefully that's what will happen. I do think they needed to get some assets back because um, I think what's interesting about being there at 11 and kind of being in this sweet spot where trades finally did start happening. It was funny. If you watch tonight, I've never seen the top five picks go in so fast and we didn't even know in what order they were going to go. It's because those teams got zero phone calls to move up, to go get these people. So it was, we're going to take this guy or this guy and that's it period. And the draft was moving. And then all of a sudden it hit the point where now people were comfortable to make moves and do stuff. And Washington was sitting in this sweet spot all along. But the reality was like, we couldn't really forecast what they were going to do 
because they have a lot of needs and they have a lot of ways that they could go. And there were a lot of things that were there. And there was part of me that was surprised they passed on Kyle Hamilton because he's one of those people that I think it would have been a home run for the fan base to hear his name because they'd heard his name a million times. There were people that were projecting him much higher until he posted a couple slower speeds. But that said, like they've decided they needed to get playmakers on offense. Right. They've been telling us this. Um, you know, we, you know, some of us, oh, they're just putting up a smoke screen. No, they weren't. Well, they were telling us this is what they were going to do. And they went and did it. Yeah. And that's because, th- you know, he kept saying there's a couple of things he said recently, too. One was that, you know, you got to protect the quarterback and you got to surround him with playmakers. The other thing he said is when they were in Carolina, I know people hate when he says that, but it is what's referenced a lot. So there you go. But when they were there and they went to that Buffalo nickel, they could use, they also sometimes would use a linebacker in that role. So that was another clue that they didn't have to take a safety for that role, meaning they didn't have to take Hamilton to fill that role. There are linebackers and other safeties they like who could be there in the second and third rounds now that they can fill that role with. So that was another tip off where like, I didn't think I felt like he was kind of saying, we don't have to take Kyle Hamilton there if he's there for, you know, us, if that's how, you know, if that's how I was yeah. So, you know, I, and I like Kyle Hamilton a lot. Yeah, no, I just, I think there's I, what's what I think should be illuminating to really everybody is they do have a lot of needs here and like none of these things, it, with the exception of it, it just didn't play out this way because Stingley and Sauce Gardner went so high that, like, I thought if they fell into their lap that that was going to be hard to turn down just because of the athleticism and the ability that was there, but they didn't have to make that decision because the guys were off of the board. But outside of that, there were no picks that we talked about openly that I felt were not something that was necessary. You know, is receiver the top priority that was necessary? You know, maybe in their eyes it is, but I didn't see it that way. Still, I do know that they need another one for right. sure. Um, I do know they need another safety. I do know they could probably use help at corner. I do think they need help in the interior offensive line. I think there's a lot of ways they could have gone here. Um, and I think that's what's really illuminating. I think probably for everybody, it's that the reason why this was you know hard to project what they were going to do and why it shouldn't have been a surprise that they wanted more assets is I think they know that they have a lot of holes to fill too here. They do. And they're, cause they're, like I said, you know, it's like you just said, interior line. And again, it could be, even though we keep saying they need a safety, it's a linebacker could fill that role too. So a guy like Troy Anderson, for example, from Montana state who has played multiple positions, has the athleticism to fill a dual role. He would fill that role as well. Then you need a backup safety still. So there are backups in depth they need in some of those areas. So I think that's that's um, something that, you know, w- was evident. But that's why, like, and you know, the other thing, too, and I know there was some talk, and this came up in the press conference with Mayhew and Rivera about the value chart. And I think, like, if you look at the old value chart, I don't think they got necessarily the value. And, and people don't always go. It doesn't always equal that way. But I think the one thing it's with this draft that you have to take into account is those middle rounds are really strong. Yeah, I think probably stronger than they've been in a while. So that value chart may not apply quite the same as it would have in a normal year, because as they pointed out, and I, I mean, we've talked about this. This isn't like saying this in hindsight. These were the, this was the areas where you needed to get more picks. So the value in there is might be greater than it is in other years. Well, they got what they wanted and then got two more picks and not low picks. So, you know, it's hard to argue with it. 
Um, you know, that said, I mean, if you really want to like try to nitpick them of the off season, if they didn't get the value, you think they should have gotten for this one. You know, there are people that would say also that like they overpaid for Carson Wentz, you know, right. like, Absolutely. so, you know, there are, but I think every front office you could do this with, if you really wanted to and make some decisions and, you know, there are probably people in new Orleans that are sitting there going, wait a minute, you moved up to get a guy when there's five other receivers that you could have fell in your lap, you know, like it may, including maybe Olave. Like, like, so, you know, this could go both ways, really. What do you think of dots in the player then? So um, I think he has the propensity to make incredible catches. Yeah. You know, um, I need to spend, be frank, he wasn't on much of my radar, you know, because it's just not the names I was hearing at 11 for them at all. And you maybe heard more of it, but like, I definitely heard that more. name never came up as someone that not was at 11, though. At 11. Every time I, every time Correct. I heard his name, it was so back, back, back. I was very focused on the two corners the potential of one of those tackles slipping out into the 11 spot. And then they have to think about that. And that didn't happen, obviously. Um, Kyle Hamilton. So I haven't watched him a lot, um, but I will say like, clearly he's got the big play propensity that they're looking for. He looks like he's got incredible hands. Um, and so I think, I, I think this is going to be, you know, I, I, I'd probably let's revisit this in 24 hours when I mainline him over the next you know, couple of days and kind of get to know him a little bit better. And, and I think, I think, you know, and I don't know what the fan reaction necessarily is. I'm going to guess they weren't all that thrilled with it because I think they were surprised, but I mean, you, you know, the reality was that a receiver was probably going to be taken by them very early. They've kind of made that clear. So this just wasn't a name that was circulated very much. And I think, so it came as a surprise. And then the immediate reaction is always like, well, who's that guy? What? he might end up being really good. You know, <laughs> like these people are paid to study these guys just because me and you didn't circulate his name a million times. That's not the commander's fault. You know what I mean? Well, and, and right. And like I said, I mean, when, whenever I'd hear him, it was always in relation to trading back. I never thought they'd take him at 11, yeah. but I did think I did know that he was one of the four guys and I tried to always mention him, but I think he get his name would get lost. It's almost like, and there's Jahan Dotson if they trade back. If they trade back. If they trade yeah. back. And and so, you know, when they that's why when they traded back, I thought he would be the target. Um, and certainly when they pick him up, if they weren't going to trade back again, which they did have offers to do so. They had uh, Mayhew, Martin Mayhew said they had like three offers while he was on the phone to, to trade back again. And they didn't want to take the chance of losing him. Some of the things I like about this guy is, first of all, he can return puns too if they wanted to do that. You know, Rivera compared him to his his ability to make some big plays and contested catches down the field to Deshaun Jackson. And he has some Steve Smith in him. Those are pretty lofty compliments because those two are great receivers. But he two does, very different receivers too, by the way. Which I I, I heard I saw that quote too, and I was like, I hope he's either one of them. Um, and if he's a combination of both, he's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, like, yeah. I hope that that's true. But Deshaun Jackson is a classic, all-time, incredible speed receiver who made incredible catches at full speed, which is, right. for, for people who don't watch it closely enough, that is a rare trait, is what separated Deshaun Jackson. Not only that he was so fast, but he could not slow down a tick and make catches. And it's what made him so devastating as a player. Steve Smith was, even for his size, an extraordinarily physical player. He was Deshaun was never a physical player. Deshaun went out of his way to avoid contact at all costs, right? At all costs. So I heard that quote. I was like, 
boy, I hope he's right because if that's a combination of the two, that's going to be the great. That's like it's a little Tyree Killish if well, that's what and, it ends up being. And also, Deshaun was more explosive. Like yeah. Deshaun was excellent at separating down the field, so he would run at about six eight speed, and then separate at the end. And yes. I don't know that like. I'm not going to assign that to Dotson at this point, but I do think that Dotson can be a playmaker in multiple ways for them. And one of the things that Rivera pointed out, there are a couple of things that he pointed out that I thought were interesting. One, the ability that he, even though he's only like 5'10 and a half, 5'11, he does have, a, he has a wider catch radius. So with Carson Wentz, that's why I always like Drake London for them, a big guy with a wide catch radius. I think you need that with Wentz. It helps him. The other thing that they said they liked that when you look at the Ohio state receivers, because you have, Wilson, Olave, you have a quarterback who may go top 10 next year. You have another receiver there, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who may, if he comes out next year, he'd be a top 10, he could be a top 10 guy. You had Jamison Williams who transferred out of there. So the point is, how can you, like, they have a tight end who's going to go in the third or fourth round who would probably be a better tight end in the NFL than he was in college. So there's all this talent around them. So it's hard to sometimes tell exactly what can they do in certain situations, whereas yeah. with Dotson, they felt like, and first of all, again, I know they liked Olave, but with Dotson, they felt like here's a guy, same with London, where he didn't have a lot of help around him. And he, so he was a focal point of defenses and was making plays. Didn't, wasn't playing with a great quarterback. Yeah. was out there making plays. So, yeah, I, I think that matters too. I think it needs to be pointed out that, that, and I've heard this a lot, you know, in the last hour, everybody is pointing out that Penn state did not have the best quarterback play. They did and, not. And you know, those two Although receivers at Ohio, Ohio state, state to, yeah. yeah, the two receivers at Ohio state have had consistent, really high level quarterbacking yeah. for yeah. some time now. And that does make a difference. It's not to take anything away from either one of them. I of the, of those two, I like the lave too. Like, I just think he's an extremely smooth player. And if that's the way they went, I don't think that would have been wrong either. And I, I like Garrett Wilson a little bit more, but I know why they liked Olave. I know that they liked at the pro days, how he was when it wasn't his rep, for example, that he was always going back into line at the same time. So he was always sixth in line, whereas not everybody maybe was. And he was the way he ran back to the, to the line after his rep to maintain the consistency that his sharpness in the route. So I know why they liked him. I liked Wilson. I was, yeah. you know, I've been watching him. I liked Wilson a little bit more, um, but Dotson, I do like, um, I do think he offers something, but I'm not like, you know, you can't go into the season thinking, oh, this guy's going to be awesome. Yeah. I don't know that. I know that I like some of what his skills are. I know that he's got, I know there's going to be questions about his strength, you know, and I think that will be, and I think there, listen, the questions for Olave were the same. His, his play strength isn't what some teams would have liked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is why you can't make a big deal about some of these top 30 visits. He didn't do that. He met with these guys, I think it was one time, maybe one other time. Um, and he said he, he, wasn't, he, was, he didn't feel like he was on their radar because he didn't hear from them. But, I've heard that story a million times. Right. I, I've heard like, that a million times where guys are like, I didn't even know they liked me. And that seems to be like, it's almost like, 
we better not show that we like them because this means it's going to give away what our intentions are. This is, this so, is smoke screen season. And, and, yeah. and I, you know, we all know that. And I also think like in some cases you get to, you, you have, as Rivera will say, you get your questions answered. Uh, now you're done. You, you like the guy, you like what you have, you got enough information on him. You can move on and focus on others to see where, how they may fit for you. So that's also part of it. But, you know, I do think the kid can be a playmaker. I, you know, the other part that I like with the, by going receiver, whether or not he works out, but by going receiver, you can run more four receiver sets and you can diversify this offense a little bit more. And, you know, the one thing that they Rivera pointed out again, that he, he can go between the hashes somewhere where Adam Humphreys did well for them. Mm-hmm. And that it's another area of the field. They feel like they can now attack with Carson Wentz. So, and they gave, yeah. him, you know, so there, there's, there is that too. You know, the other, the other, you know, thing here too, that I do like what's happening here with all of this is they did need some explosiveness that, that kind of wasn't there opposite of McLaurin, but what they are building. And I'm hoping Dotson that the one thing that I see immediately with his hands in contested catch situations is they have a lot of guys now that are really reliable in one-on-one contested catch situations. Right. McLaurin is outstanding at it. Cam Sims is outstanding at it. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I I, Cam Sims, it. I think has, and Rivera said this, and I'm not saying he should be playing a ton more, but I think they didn't utilize him enough. Like, I and I think they know that. And so I think there's a realization that, that should happen when Logan Thomas is healthy, terrific in contested catch situations. Like there's, they got guys who are going to fight for the ball. Um, this is the part where Diami Brown's going to, you know, he's, he's going to have to win a job now. Yeah, no, he's got to play. I mean, like, we got a first-round pick as a receiver. Curtis Samuel's coming back, assumed. Terry McLaurin's about to get, you know, paid as the as a franchise player. Cam Sims a lock because of his size and what he's done for them and proven so far as, you know, the guy on the back end of it. Diami Brown's going to be fighting for a job all of a sudden this year. Well, he'll ha- he'll be on the roster, but he's got to fight for his role because yeah, they like him fight for not- role. I mean, right now, to me, he's fifth or sixth on the depth chart. You know, like that—that's where he's sitting right now. So he's going to be fighting. He's he, listen. He's got to play better. There is no doubt. If he does, it gives them another fast guy that you can put out there. But Cam Sims, to me, has always kind of been the guy that gets like it's. I mean, shoot, last year in camp, he was out there starting for most of camp until. They put Deami Brown at one point and then you're like, well, we're not going to see Cam a lot again. And then he comes back in it whenever he does and he makes play. So I'd like to see him get more reps because I do think with a big, with Wentz, you want some of those big receivers and they need that in this offense because they don't have it. So I think, I think he adds something of value. Um, and, you know, but I like that they can diversify this offense a little bit more now with Dotson and we'll see where they go because they still need, Again, as we've talked, they need offensive line help. So in the yeah. second rounds, two and three on Friday, get some old line help. Get a linebacker or a safety to man that big nickel. And even if you don't get a linebacker for that, you still got to get one at one point because you don't have enough. You know, and so I agree. I have a feeling though, after hearing Rivera say we're keeping it in mind that we're getting more things for Carson Wentz that he means offensive line to protect him. Oh, definitely. So definitely. I am anticipating that either the second or just newly acquired third round pick is used on an interior offensive lineman. Yeah. Period. So I you know, I guess we can sum it up here with do you think they're now just does does Dotson make them better? Do you do you feel like you can say that? You know, the fun, here's the other thing, Bram. Too many people are thinking Jahan Dotson, Josh Dotson. They're not the same player. 
but well, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, yeah, but it but it is um, it became a thing on social media. Well, like, you feel good that they have improved themselves tonight. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, I, I think it was a surprise for sure. Um, you know, I, I hope it is a I hope the end result is because I really I did want them to get more picks, you know, unless for yeah, some I reason, like for some reason, Evan Neal or Stingley or Gardner right. are there like some freak, you know, where you're like, you can't pass him up. Just take him, you know, unless that happened. I really felt like the best way for them to go was to trade down if someone was going to call and do it. And they got what they were looking for. They got more picks. They need it. Um, hopefully they can go find some of the other positions they need. I think it is, you know, and maybe this is everybody, but it really feels like present right now. Just thinking about their roster. Um, it feels like, I, I don't know, after last year when they had so much, it felt like depth that they needed to add something specifically quarterback and they addressed that. Um, but it does feel like a lot of the depth has been kind of eradicated here in specific spots, like defense, interior defensive line, right, interior offensive line. And because of that, it's feeling like to me without knowing what I don't know yet, because they've been good on the second wave of free agents in both of their years of finding people that work for them at a cut rate. So I don't want to like call the off season, you know, over um, I need to see the finished product, but still it does feel like we are bracing for, there's going to be another off season that's necessary to get all of the things together, hopefully at the same time. That's how it kind of feels to me there, right now. There but, will always be needs though. Yeah, there will always be needs, but there does feel like, what are they doing about interior offensive line? What are they doing at Buffalo nickel? What are they doing at safety? Do they have enough corner help? You know, shouldn't they get another running back? Who's the developmental quarterback? Like, there's a lot if you really think about it. And so, a lot of the depth stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and I think we know, and they learned this last year because they were one of the unlucky teams getting a lot of injuries. If you don't have it, you're not going to be competitive. And I think their depth actually showed out last year. It kept them competitive until the COVID stuff happened in December and their roster was gutted and there was just nothing that and they were playing teams are going to make the playoffs. Like they, there was just nothing they could do at the end of the year to be competitive in the way that they wanted to putting that stuff aside. They had a ton of injuries to starters in the middle of the year and the depth stood up and stood out for them at center at guard, all of those places where they had massive injuries and they're down to, third, fourth center, second, third guard, moving people around like that stuff showed up for them to keep them competitive and help them turn their season around. I don't right now see the same level of depth on either side of the line. And that's where I think that needs to be addressed. So I'm reserving, you know, this is done because they still have six rounds of the draft and this second wave of free agency to try to rectify a lot of this stuff. So I want to see what the finished product is, but it does feel like there is more than I expected to have to fill right now as we sit here and talk today. It is, which is why that we kept talking. They've got to get more picks in that two to four range because like I'd always say like, you know, that, well, they could address this position, this position, this position in those rounds. Next thing you know, you'd be talking about five positions and they only had two picks. So right. you, you do have to address safety slack and or linebacker um, get with maybe another running back there. Definitely offensive line. At some point, I would like them to add interior D-line help to develop in case, no they, doubt. Have to get, in case they lose a Duran Payne. Well, they don't have a choice play. now with no Ionitis, no settle and pain going into the last year of his contract and feeling like, right, you know, as we sit here today, you know, who knows, but it feels like last year of his deal. 
Um, <laughs> there better be somebody on the roster that they're exactly. developing and thinking they about to be playing next to John Allen in 2023 for sure. They don't have it. Uh, last thing, should they have taken Jamison Williams? Would you have taken him at 11? Or would or you so, like trading uh, back and getting Dotson in the picks? So I put in I, – I, I tweeted out today, I'm like, these are the this is the order of outcomes that would make me happy. And I put Kyle Hamilton first. So and you were talking me off of this all along as you're like they're taking a receiver yeah. and and I'm like well I still think you change your mind when specific people just kind of fall in your lap and sure, he had sure. fallen in their lap. I like Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, and um, but clearly they didn't love him enough to do it, and because by leap they if they were thinking they were going to get him second go around that blew up in their face, but obviously they didn't. They could have taken him. So. Um, should they have taken Jamison Williams? That's a really interesting question. Like I put in my priority of outcome, I said, Kyle Hamilton, if not trade down, you know, like assuming that one of these freaky players isn't for some reason available, just trade down. And if no one wants to trade with you, number three on my list was take Jamison Williams. Um, because I think there is a high end there that feels very Jamar Chase, feels very you know, special player, but, um, being that Ron Rivera is saying he's kind of, he's not put himself on the hot seat, but he is reiterated over and over. He understands things need to kind of ramp up to the point where they're winning a little bit more. Boy, that is a tough thing to do to yourself is pick somebody who is definitively not going to be ready in training camp or <laughs> playing in week one. And you're just, you're telling yourself, yeah, but, and it might be week four, week six, or next year, he's going to be great. And to not know that, I just think the time, I guess, for this, or he wasn't the right guy at the right time for this organization. I think he's the right guy for another organization like Detroit that can take him and go, you know what? Like we got plenty of time to wait out to get this guy healthy and it's not a rush. And I don't feel like, they're not presenting themselves, the commanders, as a team that feels like they have all the time in the world. No, and I, I, think I don't think that they do. I think they have more time than they're suggesting, but I, I hear them and I agree that they better have players that can play. And if you watched what the Giants got tonight and you see what the Eagles just did, yeah. you know, did I, I think you, you have to feel like you need to have guys you can rely upon. And this guy's going to play. That guy, who knows what his future is at least for this season and, and i think the, the other concern with him is this how stable will that knee be will it become an issue down the road as well so if you have concerns about that it's then hard to not only wait for him but then cross your fingers every time he's out there so that's a part i don't know but i know that that was a concern of some teams going into this with him but i credit detroit because they are in a position if it hits it's a really good pick for them Yes, and they're not in a position. Right, but if it doesn't, it's their you know their, their front office has to explain why they used the first round pick on a guy who never played. You know, right. like that. So there's there's a double edged sword here, and you know their fans don't want to hear it that they've stunk forever. They want to they want to think that the team for some reason is, is going to make picks that are going to make them better. So I you know I from the outside looking in think it's a, a risk worth taking for them. And I actually I felt like for us, it's a risk worth taking with the caveat of it's not the right time for sure right. to do something like that. Like, it's just, you know, it's so funny where we are that anybody would take someone who tore their ACL two months ago in the first round of the NFL draft. Like that's it's how special crazy that, that we're in a, yeah. we're in a different time. Now, typically if something like that happened in the past, 
well, that guy'd go in the fourth round and then he'd be the steal of the draft, you know, in two years when he starts playing. I just don't think this team right now at this point feels like it can, it has the time to do something like that. And they're, they decided they wanted to make their roster of receivers more explosive now, not in 2023. There you go. Bram, be fun to see what they do the next couple of days. And hopefully they can give us a few more guys to talk about. So thanks a lot for coming on. All right. See ya. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back with another episode wrapping up the draft on Sunday. We'll talk to you next time.